would like to introduce our guest today. His name is Dr. Marty McCary. He is an American sur- uh, a surgeon, a professor, and an author. He practices surgical oncology and gastrointestinal laparoscopic surgery at John Hopkins, as you well know, one of the most acclaimed hospitals in the country. Uh, He teaches public health policy as a professor of surgery and public health at the John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Uh, he was elected to the National Academy of Medicine. He's published over 200 scientific articles, and he has been very outspoken when it comes to COVID, the vaccine, and everything that's been going on in America. So I'd like to welcome Dr. Marty McCary uh, for being with us today. Dr. McCary, uh, thanks for being with us on our Tunnel to Towers Sunday morning show. Great to be with you, Judge. All right. Thank you, doctor. Now, uh, President uh, Biden on Thursday announced a new mandate that will force employers with more than 100 workers to require coronavirus vaccination or test employees weekly. Now, you know, a lot of people are saying this is unconstitutional. They intend to take this to court. And what I know as a lawyer and as a judge is that during a pandemic, there are certain uh, allowances that are given to executives, chief executives, to make sure that people are safe. But with 75% of Americans already having at least one of the shots uh, and something like 92% of seniors already having had the COVID vaccine shots, both of them, uh, is there a necessity for the president to require that people and employers be mandated to force workers to get the vaccine? Well, I understand the frustration of people who choose not to get vaccinated who are high risk. I think we're all frustrated, but we're frustrated for their own benefit. They're making a personal choice that's going to result in personal harm to them, just like uh, drinking sugary drinks or potato chips or smoking. So um, I understand the concern, but when you mandate something, you polarize an issue. And I'm not sure that people who have been skeptical or on the fringe are going to respond to what they perceive to be an excessive role of the government in making this decision. Separate from the legal and political sides of it, Judge, the medical aspect has not been sorted out because those with natural immunity were not mentioned once in that speech. Interesting. And that's a lot of people, 100 million people in America. Well, you know, um, and, and I have, I have the immunity uh, and the antibodies and I've also been vaccinated. But what is amazing, and I, and I want to stay in the medical lane f- with you, but just my sense of the condescending approach he took to us, you know, taking it out on the unvaccinated as though they're causing the problem. The way I see it, doctor, and tell me if I'm wrong, Dr. Marty McCary from John Hopkins, tell me, it, um, it, if I'm wrong, if I am vaccinated and I have the antibodies, then I should be protected. It is the unvaccinated person that Biden is now trying to make out to be the bad guy. And we don't know if that person has made a decision with his or her doctor. But it's the so-called unvaccinated who's at risk, not the rest of us who are at risk. If we're vaccinated, we're not at risk. They've made a decision to be at risk. Is that accurate? Yeah, what? Yeah, it is accurate. And what he got wrong from a 
from a lexicon standpoint in terms of his medical terminology is that we don't have a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We have a pandemic of the non-immune and specifically non-immune adults. Those are the people dying. And then the other issue is that he made it sound like, and he said very explicitly, the unvaccinated threaten the vaccinated. Exactly. They don't. don't. It is a totally different group. They may threaten them with a common cold, which is unavoidable. I mean, I don't think anyone is going to avoid getting a mild case of the common cold with COVID at some point in their life. But the goal was never to eradicate COVID. The goal was to downgrade it so we don't have people getting severely ill and going to the hospital. And what what you say, Dr. Marty McCary, is so accurate. You know, the goal, uh, you know, for the first 15 days was, you know, the, to have a level, to level it off and make sure the hospitals weren't uh, overcrowded. And here we are a year and a half later, and there are still a thousand schools that are not open. There's still this clamor to get kids under the age of 12 vaccinated. Is that necessary? Is it is our children under the age of 12 that much at risk or is it the older people with the comorbidities who are at risk? Well, um, we have probably lost between, in my estimation, 50 to 100 children under 12 from COVID out of 25 million who have had the infection, roughly. And um, we think most of those had a pre-existing condition, if not all of them. Now, I'm not downplaying those deaths. There are deaths from suicide and malnutrition and psychological damage and all sorts of other forms of harm. And when you have a one-hammer approach that we have to reduce transmission at all costs, guess what? You can have worse public health, health outcomes from that. And by the way, the president said it's the unvaccinated who are preventing us from turning the corner. Well, that was not true in India. In India, you have natural immunity set in. You have a massive decline, and they're at extremely low levels with really very, very low vaccination rates. Now, I'm pro-vaccine. Go get your vaccine if you don't have immunity. But the, the idea that they're somehow preventing us from turning the corner, which is exactly what the president said, right. how is he explain that? In two months when we're at very low levels and we still have people unvaccinated, are they going to be still required to get it? Well, you know, the, the the whole issue is is a constitutional one. And, you know, it has to do with freedom and liberty in this country. If people decide in, in South Dakota, for example, you know, that they don't want to get the vaccine. And, and by the way, if we want to be really honest about the, 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 the beginning of the resistance to the vaccine, you can thank Joe Biden and his sidekick there, the cackling Kamala Harris, you know, if, if, if Donald Trump tells me to take the vaccine, I'm not going to take it. Well, Dr. Marty McCary, they're the ones who started the skepticism. And and by the way, it's a lot of the independents, you know, who are not taking it. A lot of the um, a minority community are not taking it. And it, they want to blame. They want to blame Trumpers. They want to blame Republicans. Uh, and 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 here here, let me let me focus my question. I mean, there's so much outrage that I have over this. Um Jen Psaki was asked at a press conference, uh, I think it may have been on Friday, where um, the, the, she said, you know what, we're going to have the Department of Labor monitor and uh, issue hefty fines if 
companies with employees of 100 or more uh, don't require that those employees be vaccinated. Now, it's laughable, doctor, when you think about our southern border and all of the people coming to the southern border, many of them refusing to be vaccinated. And let's just agree that there are at least a hundred, uh, at least one and a half million who've come through since January. And it's only September. I mean, those are the numbers. A million and a half illegals have crossed into this country. We have the opportunity to stop them and tell them to take the vaccine. We don't even stop them to see if they have COVID. And the law gives them permission to not take the vaccine. And a lot of them aren't interested. And I'm not even talking about the runaways. So my question, very direct, Dr. Marty McCary, is we're forcing Americans to take a vaccine that they may not feel is appropriate for them, while at the same time allowing unvaccinated people 30%, uh, 20 to 30 percent already infected with COVID to come into the United States and we're not stopping them and forcing them to get the vaccine. So you tell me who's a greater danger, the million and a half coming in or the people in America who already have made a decision uh, that they don't want the vaccine? Well, there's a lot of great ironies going on right now. And basically what the White House did is they said, look, um, they got it, the guidance from Zeke Emanuel, who was the architect uh. of Obamacare, you may know him, a physician who uh, published an article in the New York Times saying last spring, we got to move to mandates. We have to force people. That article came out the day of the J&J recall. And people were like, whoa, wait, wait, aren't you embarrassed? <laughs> this isn't this egg on your face. We have to mandate it. And, and the government is pulling the vaccine off the shelf because of its potential harm. Well, we're not out of the woods with young with young kids and the second dose, because I'll tell you, the rate of heart inflammation in boys 12 through 15 is one in six thousand eight hundred. That's a high wow. of complications. And it's from the second dose. It's not from the first dose. So we're going to take kids who may already have immunity. Doesn't matter. The government didn't care. They're being imprecise. And because we got to march down this edict that we got from the top, We're going to put young kids at risk of heart complication when the first dose is 100% effective. They may not need the second dose, and many of them may have immunity already, up to half of them. So when we have schools like Los Angeles County say, hey, we're going to require the vaccine, this is not, you're not saving polio doing this. Mm -hmm. You're harming kids. You're putting them at risk of harm, many of whom do not need that harm and can still be protected from just one dose or from natural immunity. But our rigid public health leadership absolutely refuses to depart from this narrow two-dose regimen. It never made sense to me a kid gets an adult dose. It never made sense to me. It doesn't make sense to, to anybody. I mean, to a lawyer, you know, to a garbage collector, to anybody. You know, you've got a guy who's, you know, six foot five and weighs 300 pounds. We give the, the, a 12 year, a 10 year old the same dose we give him. You know, it's, it's all about, and again, I want to try to stay in the medical lane with you, but it seems that be all about fear and control. Because once you scare people, you can control them. But but when we talk about kids, doctor, and just one more question, because I know your time is so valuable. The kids who are in school, they're saying that they have to be masked all day. 
Now, is this across the board? Are you familiar with with what is going on across the country with masking of our kids? Well, we basically recognized this was an aerosolized virus and airborne with adults, and we recommended masks. And I was a part of that broad guidance. I wrote the first piece calling for universal masking in adults at the beginning of the pandemic. It was in the New York Times. People said, hey, masks, you know, what are you doing? Now that we've convinced the country to wear a mask, and they extrapolated the data to say, well, if it works in adults, it works in kids. Well, we were not sure of that. And it turns out a study found that cloth masks have almost really no benefit. And my point in writing the piece recently on the downsides of masks is not to say kids should all be without masks. I just leave it up to the parents and the local school districts. If there's an active outbreak, then it may make sense if you have exit criteria, but the cloth masks probably do nothing. Masks in general rank as number six or seven in terms of things you can do in schools for kids. I'm not sure a kid can avoid them, to be honest. And some kids struggle with masks, and we ignore them. And that is a, a terrible treatment of a vulnerable segment of our population, kids with disabilities, cognitive, learning, physical. That's about five million kids. Kids who wear glasses, who can't see when they're in school because they can't get a good seal. Acting, all kinds of problems. We can't have a blanket policy for every kid. We've got to have carve-outs. Well, Dr. Marty McCary, I very much appreciate your input. Uh, we're still a year and a half later talking about this and, and, you know, we, now we have the Delta variant and is it possible, doctor, that we can have another 120 variants from another 120 countries, especially given what's coming through our southern border? I mean, every country can have its own variant, correct? Yeah, I don't think the, uh, the variants um, it gets tougher and tougher for them to compete with more contagious strains. So we're going to see fewer and fewer variants be able to become prominent. I think Delta is going to be with us for a while. And even if we get more variants, our uh, B and T cell immunity does encompass variants extremely well, at least all 2,000 to date. So I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the, about the people may not be ready for breakthrough infections, and breakthrough infections are not a problem. I mean, breakthrough hospitalizations and deaths are, but mm-hmm. we really rarely see those. And so well, we got to learn to live with COVID. Okay, and 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 last, and I know I said this before, Doctor Marty McCary, John Hopkins, what kind of mask do you rec- uh, recommend that people wear? I mean, for my listeners, I mean, well, when I go to the drugstore, what should I buy? So the research shows that a surgical mask reduces transmission by about 11%. A cloth mask has probably minimal to, to no impact. And then the KN95s are the best. Now, I tell people, once you're immune, then live a normal life. But out of courtesy for those who may be non-immune, if I'm in a public area uh, um, where we indoors, where there could be a non-immune person, I wear a mask out of courtesy in, in those crowded settings. Yeah, but what's kind of interesting is if they're not immune, they should be wearing a mask. But Dr. Marty McCary, John Hopkins, thank you so much for being with us on the Tunnel to Towers Sunday morning show. Thank you. Good to be with you, Judge.